a uh, a strong man attitude like it took me eight years to get to shore down yeah oh geez you mustn't be very good <laughs> Hey guys, and welcome to Karate Over Coffee. A podcast where we chat about everything and anything related to karate and kabuto. I'm Reese Cummings, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Shane McMahon. Welcome back to part two of Life After Showdown. We were chatting before about uh, syllabus and what it looks like up to black belt and then beyond black belt. So what do you do in your dojo, Shane, after black belt? Yeah, so when you're looking from Shodan to Nidan to Sundan to Yondan uh, and, and Gordan and, and above, we have uh, separate uh, Kobudo weapons as well. So from from uh, we don't have a separate Kobudo um, uh, class or program. It's just incorporated into our into our karate. Um, so from Shodan to Nidan is bow and Tonfa, and Nidan to Sundan is uh, bow and Tonfa and Sai, and then it, uh, then we go Kama and Nantaku in there in there as well. So um, we incorporate those in, into our in, into the later stages of, of black belt past Jordan, um, and we also have different different cutter available, and we've also been looking at uh, separate um, kumigata or or bunkai or oyo sets for our our black belts and beyond uh, so yeah, okay. we started bringing them in around the third Q mark uh, just some early ones for the, for that specific cutter that we're doing um, and then the higher grade cutter with the uh, uh, you know if there is such a thing is is uh, different sets as well so um, just some different things for for our sure done and above to concentrate on um, as well as the theory I think we, we talked about earlier so yeah, there's a, cu a couple of things that we that we've done in our separate um, black belt only class. So yeah, okay. And also, when you have a separate black belt class or a separate advanced class, it gives some something for the lower grade students to achieve. Um, you know, like the white belts look up to the orange belts as oh, yeah. orange belts and stuff. Uh, so we have a separate advanced class, which is from. Uh, seventh queue and above and yes that's not very advanced in this, the whole scheme of things but it is a stepping stone for the for them to start aspiring yep. Kumite, uh, or Corbador. um mm. this gives them something a little bit more to drive towards um so yeah once we made the the black belt class exclusive only for black belts uh then we started getting members who were black belt previously want to come back and, and do do those classes so yeah great because I think people have formed such a you know strong community with people and you know maybe times do change and we can't train as much as we want anymore but you'd yeah. like to maintain that connection and, and there is probably this demand or feeling upon black belt's eye must be there all the time and that kind of thing and you know to a certain extent maybe that's true but I think the what you've said is important because if you're focusing always on your beginner group 
than what happens to this attrition rate at the higher ranks because there's more to yeah. learn there there is more to learn there's more things to do and i said the other day in one of my class oh if everyone thinks you're doing it well just know you can still do it better there's always something else and that could be either physically better or mentally better um, or expanding upon it yeah. we do the same we have a we have a weekly class which is our brown and black belts and we've been doing that for quite a long time uh but what we do is every month so usually one of those brown black belt classes a month it's for black belts only so some of the brown belts come and they train <laughs> this week some of them turned up by mistake and yeah. you know they get to, uh get some extra training in with some higher higher and uh higher kappa and application so that was fun but i think it's nice because we as instructors I have to continue to, to to look at how we drive our students before forward like i know i was saying before i think we have to leave it up to them a little bit but i can't i don't think we can leave them alone yeah well uh, yeah the um what, what i really want to do in the in this class um is also have their own solo training um mm -hmm. similar to what ha happens in okinawa people sort of just turn up and do a bit of training of their own whether they hit the bags or hit the makiwara or do their own kobudor or their own training or even mm. helping out other, you know, like maybe a yondan helping a shodan. Um, yeah, that that would be that would be fantastic, and that's something yeah. I'd like to be able to do. It also gives the instructors, myself included, a chance to train. Yes, because well. I, I think if you're if you're teaching, you, you should you really need to be training yourself as well. Um, and one thing that I really want to be able to do that you do is take a group overseas. Yep. To specifically, you know, not to Egypt or um, Bali, <laughs> but more to to Okinawa or Japan. Um, yeah. And um, to do to do training, and and that's also something that you could exclusively keep just for sure done and above. Yep. Wouldn't those green belts be jealous? Yeah, that's right. So um, how, how do you how do you go with that? Organizing Look, we, we sort of, so yeah, pre-COVID, um, yeah. the way I used to go to Okinawa was each year, either once or twice. And every second year, I was happy to take an all grades group. Um, but every other year, the focus was actually just on me. Um, and, it, you know, I'm after showdown as well. So I guess if I talk about that, you know, mm -hmm. part of that, me going well i need focus on me i need me time i need to train and develop as well mm. um and i need to take responsibility for that so i every second year i'd i'd do that however now i'm to the point where i do have a few other advanced black belts in the class i'm happy for them to generally accompany uh me on that trip because i feel like you know we can all train together and we can keep up and uh and and so sort of i guess there are certain trips that we might uh, try and keep for the higher grades. I know some dojos do that. And I, I even know some dojos that want you to go there and have experienced that or, or had some group training before mm. you test the black belt or before you keep going. Yeah, yeah, and it it also builds a community within your within your community yeah. group as well. Um, yep. Like if you're in it with an association, you know they they get to meet people from other parts of the world. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, with the Matsubayashi, you've you've got lots of different countries and yep. and organisations that would yeah. And but but I think that's important. Like we've probably now had maybe twenty to twenty five people go to Okinawa um, 
from our dojo over the, the time that we've been going. Mm. And it's interesting, you know, we stand at the front of the class and, you know, or, or like uh, one of our podcasts where we spoke about the stories and they do seem so foreign. And I think um, yeah. students can be like, really? Did that really happen? Yeah, or, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. Oh, is that really how it goes? And actually you take these people over and, uh, you know, it is a little bit of train, drink, eat, sleep, repeat. Not yeah. necessarily in that order. Um, yeah. But when they come back, you've A, created a community in that group, mm. uh, and B, you've given more people an exploration of this other stuff that goes on. Mm. Um, and, and I think it's it's fun. You form a bond, uh, and it, it does help that life after showdown because it, it keeps – I think we all keep training a lot for the people, not necessarily the what um, yeah. as well. So I think, I think that's important. Do you find in your – so – like I'm pretty casual in all of my classes regard, like we're not very militaristic. Mm. Um, and I think you're the same, but in our Brown black belt class, like we warm up informally, for example, they all lead cutter themselves. They do it yep. in, a, in like a mutual warm up, And then we sort of, mm, to a certain extent, take out a little bit of the fluff, you know, like I know good teaching pedagogy says feedback sandwich, provide praise, provide correct, provide praise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's good. But what I really like about that life after showdown class, that black belt class and beyond mm. is maybe you can take away some of that fluff and you can just train hard and have fun doing it. Is that, is that what you're oh, finding? Yeah, totally, mate. Totally. Yeah. You, yeah. There's, um, yeah, there, there's no pandering, mm. um, you know, to try and, um, I'm, I'm not saying that I, you know, we pander to the lower grades, but you know, there's, you know, you don't have to worry about, uh, they already know you they've known you for five ten twenty years so you know there's yeah. no, no need to put on a big show or you know yeah. be as funny which is really hard for me because i'm hilarious yeah um, but it, it, you know they've, they've probably all figured out they don't have to laugh at our jokes by now so oh, but, um, yeah they don't laugh in that class mate they, because they've heard all those jokes <laughs> 50 times you know yeah like, I, one of my favorites is uh you mean kung fused <laughs> what's front kick and then somebody say, my Gary, oh, don't be so selfish. It's our Gary, not my <laughs> Gary. Like those, those jokes, my dad was using those. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. but yeah, you, certainly it's a lot more relaxed um, yeah. and, and more like you would expect in Okinawa, you know, like I think the warm up, warm up, we just, uh, you know, it's five, 10 minutes, do your own warm up. Yeah. Some of, and some of those people, some of the people, their warm up might be a, a quick, uh, a quick jog hitting the bags doing a cutter or yes. some, some like the want to get back into the, the whole warm-up like they would be a, yeah. a green belt mm -hmm. oh yeah um another thing I'd, i would love to be able to do as well if we get the, to a certain amount of numbers would be a black belt camp you know yeah don't have to go away anywhere as as such but you know a a weekend seminar at the dojo yeah, um, yeah. and also outside uh seminars um mm. like like the aftk runs for example yeah uh, you know going going and mixing with other other dojo and other styles of karate if there is ever such a thing but you know uh, popping that popping that stylistic bubble or that dojo dojo bubble where you know what goes on in your own dojo or your yeah. own stuff but actually explore outside yeah yeah totally and um if you find if you find a a, a good club 
um, that you're friendly with, and you can do some mutual training. Um, yeah. But uh, you you got to find the right. Sensei, That's right. Yeah. Who who, yeah. who has the same philosophy as you? So, um, but yeah, that, that way the black belts get a little bit more outside view, and then that might spark a bit of interest in yeah. you searching their own. Um, you know their own karate, finding out yes. more, and yeah. Uh, look, we we last year decided so we have our karate gashiku each year, and it's sort of a two and a half day event. We thought about doing it at camp and that kind of thing, but here in Canberra, it's uh, you know you got to go do it in the right part of the year. Or it's freezing, and uh, <laughs> well, that's just two weeks of the year, was it? Yeah. <laughs> two weeks of the year of sunshine. Yeah, that's right. Over or, Christmas, or it just adds a, a, like a large expense to it, and then that makes it. Uh, yeah. not very accessible but what we decided to do as we've grown as a dojo last year so we have we have this leadership team and i guess that's another option after black belt right taking part mm. of that leadership but yeah. um we have this leadership team and we decided that we would have a brown and black belt only training session so it's about a day and a half mm. um and we did it last year where we primarily focus on the brown and black belt skills but then also on expanding upon them where we might not get it um, in the normal class or curriculum. Yeah. yeah so that, that was, that's been quite fun. Yeah, the um, exclusivity is such a powerful tool. And, you know, that way, yeah, you, using a, a brand of black belt or a black belt or an advanced it gives you, gives you everybody else a, 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 an idea, oh, geez, that's mm. something that I'd like to do. Um, yes. And if they see the higher grades, third, fourth, fifth, for, you know, for Australia, they're, they're higher grades. But when you're looking at Japan, Okinawa, their higher grades are seven, eight, nine, you know, and they're not all teaching, you know. No, they're, that's right. They're, they're training. They've been doing karate for 50 years and still just training. That's really interesting too because we were having a conversation the other day, uh, one of my students and I, and I was saying, you know, you know, Okinawa, I'm a fourth gun. Who'd want to learn from a fourth gun? Uh, you know, everyone else and, and so many people that are fourth, fifth, sixth or seventh have actually never even made an attempt to teach. Mm. Sure, they might be a senpai in the senpai-kohai relationship, mm. um, but they're not teachers because their sensei is an eighth, ninth or tenth dan, and there are three or four other eighth, ninth or tenth dans. <laughs> so they just want to turn up and train. Yeah. And, yep. you know, that, that's good, but that's different, you know, different to here. Well, in yeah, I would say most Western countries, um, there's not many six seven the fourth fifth six seven who are just training rather yes than, you know fourth fourth to eighth done for example they'd be running their own school running their own brand mm -hmm. running their own dojo mm -hmm. i mean like we we do have a, a fourth and a fifth done that train with us but one is 74 and the other one is 60 must be 68 69 both have yes. taught karate for us before but now they just want to train yeah but they, they would be the exception to the rule that you you, you said this earlier though and it made me think because I, I had a little bit of a thinking about this too so in my dojo we have a saying which is uh group training individual journey and my idea is that i'd like karate to be accessible to anyone that wants to do it as long as they're dedicated to doing it and Age is probably something to consider because it could well just be, it could be age uh, and it could just be injury as well. They often go in parallel. Huge, um, yeah, yeah. But as you get to black belt too, age generally goes up. And as you go through the black belt grades, maybe when you did your shodan 
or you're near, you're, it was okay and that was fine. But then, mm. you know, you start to go up through the age. And is it is it fair that as that age goes up or your lifestyle changes, or perhaps you just don't want to hit the floor um, the same way you used to hit the floor? Yeah. Do you then say, okay, well, you can't grade? Because in, in my original dojo, it was a, a green room in a film studio. The, the the guy who ran it said he used to do uh, a, a different style of karate and he had an injury to his hand where he couldn't form it quite in the same way. Uh, yeah. And he was basically told, well, you can't grade because if you can't bend your hand like that, uh, as per the technical requirements, yeah. then you don't meet them. Like, you know, yeah, so... Crazy. Yeah, so I, I think we have to you have to take into account that personal personal um, journey, and then maybe go well. What is what is important? What isn't important? And if they can't do it, what else can we supplement it? And that's sort of that's where I like that's what I've thought about a little bit recently. And I think oh, that look, means, definitely, yeah. definitely. I had a guy uh, come up from a he was a maybe a, a shodan, I think, um, from a different dojo and. Uh, he was saying that he could never grade to Nidan or was it Sundan, something like that, because in his dojo, his uh, Ruha lineage um, uh, club, you had to be able to kick head height to be mm. able to, to grade. And he said, unless I can do that, he goes, and he's 55, 60, there's no way that he could do it. Um, I said, well, does it have to be your head height or could you take somebody <laughs> down and kick them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so yeah, that, that sort of thing, that will drive him out of karate. You know, he will go, ah, oh, well, if I can't get there, what's the point? And he'll quit karate and think all karate is like that. And that, it, it's got to be a personalized journey. journey. The same as uh, if, if we get going from Sundan to Yondan, for example, like I will give you a, per, a, a personalized uh, theory um, topic, yes. That's kind of theory topic for you to for you to learn, and um, and it should be a, a, a special, uh, a specialized, personalized syllabus. Mm. You know, you can't expect everybody to be the same. <clears throat> and I don't, karate is not; it isn't and shouldn't be like that. I think when when karate, when karate went from Okinawa to Japan and became a you know militaristic follow everybody cookie cutter approach, I think that killed a lot of a lot of the uh, individuality in mm. karate. Um, well, and, and that's interesting as well because, uh, so in my karate style, it is a little bit more linear. You learn things in, in a certain order. But in the kobudo style I do, what I really, really like about it is there are some base weapons, some foundational weapons, mm -hmm. uh, and there are, there are a range of them. But beyond those base weapons, those foundational weapons, you can actually sort of choose your elective weapons. And you can, if you like the nunchaku, or if you like the tunfa, or if you like the kama, then you you can work with those ones on your journey towards black belt and then beyond and i think that customization is probably more uh you know fit to what it used to be mm. um if, yeah. if you're short then you'd like to do this if you're tall or big or strong or fast then you do that um it sounds and, like me i'm all of those things mate <laughs> <laughs> and one one of my instructors in australia said to me, I, it was, uh, and, he, and he said it to the classes uh, that are here and elsewhere, that perhaps sometimes the way that people approach it is that we want robots doing karate, yeah. uh, and everyone needs to look the same, but actually yeah. that's not really possible, and we need to understand that people yeah. are different. 
totally. um, work to those differences. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that that sort of you know ro robotic approach. Um, it is a Japanese culture, not not a karate culture, which we, we spoke about earlier. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think uh, I think certainly after Shodan, maybe up to up to Shodan, every you know everybody should should be doing something similar. Yeah, you know, there is still personalized, uh, especially for the older generation who can't who can't whose hip movements aren't the same as a supple twenty year old. Um, yeah. there's got to be some leeway, but I think the the syllabus should be should be the same for everybody. Um, yep. And then after Shodan, it should be it should be personalized. Yes. In a, yeah. you know, as much as it can be. Mm. So yeah. I know. I, I agree. I think that what we want to be doing after that Shodan, if we if we're talking about what we said, you know, you want to be forming that community mm. and perhaps that teaching is a way that a lot of people go, especially in Australia, like you were saying. Um, Otherwise, it's the, like there's so much culture and history uh, and things to research as well. And then getting out and about and training, like how much access do we now have to things? Oh, man, uh, given, yeah. You know, the unfortunate event of COVID. But, you know, yeah. I was looking, there's like seven seminars over the next three weeks that it, I'd like to try and attend and watch. Totally. But, yeah. you know. Yeah, the, the problem, problem with a lot of them is it's either two o'clock in the morning or it's <laughs> seven o'clock at night when I'm training or teaching. You're like, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Or, or eight or ten p.m. on a Sunday tends to be the common one for me. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Saturday, yeah. Saturday you know, that other areas of the world. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's only going to get better. It's only get, or, yeah. or worse, depending which way you look at it. But you know, to, to the what's available now: YouTube, um, Bujin TV, which, which mm. is. Um, and just the availability on Facebook event yeah. um, groups and yes, yeah, so much, so much stuff out there now. So much stuff out there. Um, so, so, yeah, yeah. So I guess if the answer to life after shutdown, the answer is everything still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, look, the I think I think it's going to be life after shutdown for us is a lot clearer uh, than it was maybe five or ten years ago. Mm. Um, once we once we you know sort of settled on what we're going to be teaching and and stuff like that, I think it's um, uh, you know uh, there's another thing I actually wanted to talk about also is are we too strict on uh, on life after shutdown from from Nidan to Sundan? You know, a lot of people hold people back from grading. You know, like um, there's there's a I don't know like a uh, a strong man attitude like it took me eight years to get to shoredown yeah oh geez you mustn't be very good <laughs> or, your instructor needs needs a bit of a slap around um mm. and like so you, you've been practicing the same techniques for for eight years rather than you know developing more and more and more so um I, I think in the west the reason that we don't have that many people who are training at fourth fifth sixth done is we we hold them back you know, uh, we're too we're too slow to grade to grade people compared to Okinawa in Japan, where it's you know second level, third level, fourth level, not you know Xi'an, um, you know all these different sort of titles that that the yes. West that West sort of look at it, look at like oh he's he's a master or um, so I think in the um, 
what do you call it, the Butokukai, they look at um, a very fast grading system between mm. second, you know, first to second, second to third, um, compared to probably what most Western dojo have, you know, in, in, their, yeah. in, their, in their association. Yeah, I, I do think, you know, a lot of people wear the badge of honour on how long they've spent at that grade. And um, I think that can certainly be a good thing, but it does raise the question, like you said, well, and, and like we discussed before, how many hours have you been putting in? Because if you've only been putting yeah. in two hours a week for eight years, I'm not surprised that that would be fairly regular. But if you've been putting in, let's say, you know, uh, three hours a day for four days a week, yeah. um, then I would be going, well, as an instructor, what am I not doing? Um to get this person to where they need to be. Yeah. There's also the, the fear of what other people will think of you too, especially as an instructor, you know, and we, if you take that mind, that mindset, that approach, which I'm certainly guilty of it too. Um, then, you know, uh, really I, I should be six done, but I can't be six done until I'm 40 because otherwise mm. people will think, oh, well, somebody's just given him a grade and he hasn't earned it. Whereas yeah. in reality, I'm at the dojo 30 hours a, a week, you yeah. know, um, my, my life revolves around karate. It's not like I'm turning up for two hours a week. Mm. And um, so, yeah, but I mean, I, is there a correct answer? Is there a right answer? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, I, I think we do have a life after short on uh, answer for people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, what's that? Um, life equals 42 or whatever it is. I'm 40. Same thing. 40, yeah. not 42. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm, I'm still in my thirties race, still in my thirties, <laughs> mate. And I'm clinging to it. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some magic formula that gives you what you need to know. And uh, I don't think oh, that's yeah. there. But... Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The answer to the universe is 42. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. The um, what was it? The Hitchhikers. Yeah, Guide yeah. to the Galaxy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, the, so, guys, the answer is forty-two. Life after short on forty-two. Yeah, Done. skip, skip to the end of the video, <laughs> and yeah. you've already got it there. This will be highly edited. It'll be, it'll be <laughs> one minute, one minute of podcast. Yeah, that's right. I'll t tell everyone the answer, and we won't get any. No one will watch the first part. Yeah, and uh, uh, oh, oh, do you have a short on exam? Yeah, we do. Yep. Yeah, 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 same. Yep. So we could have just the one answer, one question. Could yeah, we yeah. answer? Exactly. So, the prerequisite is to listen to this podcast. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least somebody's listening to it, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, guys, I think that's sort of wrapped up um, life <laughs> after showdown. If anybody is listening, 42. Yeah. Um, right. Now, if you haven't already, make sure you check us out on our YouTube as well, our YouTube channel. So if you just search Karate Over Coffee in YouTube, we're the only guys there. Um, yeah. You, you might be the and only you, person watching. And you can see Shane uh, while he still looks good in his 30s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, my, I don't dye my hair. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, guys. I'll, we'll, we'll chat to you soon. See you next time. <laughs>